Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Xbox 12360. Featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now, your host, Sean X Pac Wolfman. Welcome to X Pac 12360, everyone. I'm your host. X Pac. <laughs> Good day, everyone. <laughs> Uh, hey, today on the show, a little bit later on, uh, going to be joined by Pierre Carl Oulet. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we pronounce it in Francais. <laughs> so I know Carl forever. Uh, we used to, we uh, at one point in the in the early nineties, I pro- I I think I worked with him every night for probably I don't know four months, tag matches. Wow. Whether it was with Mar, I teaming with Marty versus him and Jacques. Jacques, the Quebecers, uh, the, the Quebecers, not the Quebecers, oh. the Quebecers. I'm not French. <laughs> My bad. Jeez. <laughs> Tabernacle. Anyways, um, yeah. So, uh, Carl's. I mean, I'm not surprised. Like people, you know, he's making. There's a there's a comeback story here, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm not surprised when it comes to him. He's like, I saw him. I don't know. It's probably ten years ago. So I, I don't. I think the last time I saw him in Puerto Rico, and uh, he was still performing at a high level then. And so uh, I'm assuming that he probably still does about the same stuff in the ring as he did when I worked with him every night uh, back in the '90s. It's a lot of power. Yeah, from what I saw last Friday, a lot yeah. of power. So yeah, I'd be looking uh, looking forward to talking to him a little bit later on. But uh, anyways, we we have a few things to talk about. I just got back from. Uh, from Chicago, uh, and I'm heading back again in two days. So <laughs> for a, for a tiny event, people might have heard of, I'm sure. Yeah. So, but uh, I'm I'm grateful that even though people know I was going to be at I'm going to be at All In Starcast uh, coming up this weekend, uh, there was still a hell of a crowd at Pro Wrestling Tees for me on on Saturday morning. They were lined up for like four hours. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Good deal. Yeah. So I was. Made me feel good about myself. Appreciate everyone. A lot of people listen to the show and watch the show that came by. And uh, what a great, uh, what a great store! Like the retail store that that Ryan Pro Wrestling Tees built. Like it, 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 it reminds you of walking into a Hot Topic. Actually, like the same vibe. Like everything when you walk in there, you feel like I said, feel like I'm in a Hot Topic. He goes, Yeah, I know. There you go. <laughs> so. Uh, anyways, I saw a lot of really cool things while I was there. Some cool things I'm going to add to um, my merch. Uh, what are those old things called? Micro brawlers. Micro brawlers. <clears throat> those things are great. There's going to be an X-Pac micro brawler pretty okay. soon. And uh, there's some really cool pins that uh, we were looking at. And uh, anyways, I signed some stuff for the for the rest for his wrestle crate. 
like uh, their subscription box yeah. that they do. Yeah, I'm really fast. I'm re- I, 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 I like legit. I I did I did three thousand pieces in three hours. Jesus, that's, wow! That's a one ev- hour. That's one every two seconds. Are you signing both hands? No, nope. I mean that's <laughs> no. Nope. All right. No, was your that's... hand like stuck in a weird position afterwards? No, I was fine. It's a four I was character just fine. name, been doing it his whole life. <laughs> yep. He's got, so... a, he's got a stamp. <laughs> no. Yeah, but you know, so so he, he was talking about Jim Ross was there. Not you know, mm. not uh, him, too... and the, him and the King were doing their show. Yeah, but this was so, they actually had talked to them about it at that show. But it, I'm just talking about when Jr. came and did I think stuff for the Wrestle Crate. I okay. think it took him three days. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know Jim, you know, and then stop and say a couple of things, and then you know, and it all and J- Jim's signature is really nice looking. So mm. and then you have. Imagine if Jerry Lawler would be doing it, you know, because he has that—he draws a little crown on each one. Oh, because he's the king. Well, because he's an animator as well. Like, exactly. So, like when he does it, he—it's—it's it's more important mm. to him that it looks good. Hmm. So, anyways, <laughs> I'm getting all off into the pro wrestling tease weeds, uh, but it was a great turnout, and I had a great time. And Ryan Barkin from Pro Wrestling Tees is legitimately the most pleasant person I've dealt with anywhere having to do it wrestling. Uh, whether he, you know, he came in from outside of wrestling. Mm. You know, one hour tease was a thing before pro wrestling tease ever was. Oh, but yeah. uh, um, just such a wonderful guy, and made and made my like everyone that works at pro wrestling tease. They have a really neat work environment there. Um, all wrestling fans, obviously. Uh, well, it helps, and and he's just a great, great boss. You know, you can just tell it's a happy workplace, and. Uh, and I dug it, and I'm looking forward to uh, going back again. But first, we had the live show Wednesday night. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to that as well. Here and uh, here at the bootleg. Anyways, yeah. I, I don't know what to say about it. Just it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Jimbo, you want to chime in on this? It's going to be a hell of an experience. We got Ty Valkyrie. We got Paul London. We got Brody King. Just come out and enjoy yourself. Have fun with. Yeah, all there's going to be others. People too. Yep. I think that. Oh, he. Ron called me actually. Like, or he texted me. Hey, I gotta go. Like, I got a red eye leaving. You know. Like, <laughs> should I, I just trying to figure out if I should go right from your show or. So. Um, oh, I didn't even get back to him about that. Anyways. <laughs> here. Yeah. Go to bootlegtheater.org yes. and get your tickets, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna be the first ever uh, live show there that we, you know, the show's ever done. And if you're in the Los Angeles area, it's gonna be a great night. Yeah. Cool. Doors open 7.30, show starts 8.30. And where do you get tickets? Ticket fly. Ticketfly.com, yeah. or you can just Google the bootleg, or you can Google on Facebook and go XPOC12360. We've been posting it like crazy on Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, so like you guys don't know how to do the you, Google search. Yeah. You'll find X-Pac it. XPOC12360 live show, I'm sure you will find. Yeah. I'm sure you'll find how to buy yeah. the tickets. Also a VIP option to meet him as well. All right. Boom. Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. Um, all right, what's next? So, Help me out, everyone. Here well, we well, go. Well, Sean, you wanted to talk about how we rushed through SummerSlam. Like oh, that. yeah. Yeah. Before I rush through <coughs> this <first> segment. <coughs> if there's one thing we have, it's consistency. Well, here's the thing. I, uh, you know, I, I, I check my Twitter quite often, and, you know, there was one guy um, that was like, hey, what's the deal? It's kind of rude, and, and you... Uh, just rushed through the recap and, did, and and I just didn't like the attitude he came at me with. So I was just like, F this guy. And I was like kind of thinking about just muting him and blocking mm. him. 
And then, like, somebody else hit me up. And then they were like, hey, you know, I really love the show. And he goes, but you guys kind of rush through the, you know, the recap. And it's like, okay, yeah. All right, let me think about this, yeah. I should have budgeted the time better. You know, you get to talking and we, and, and, and just me, I get, I think people that listen to the, watch the show know that I can get, go off on, you mm. know. I can I can really ramble and ramble. So that's what happened, just like I'm doing now. So um, you know, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna try to be more mindful of uh, budgeting the time throughout the show and uh, and that. So um, you know, and if we're gonna do a recap show like that with so much that's happened, we're just not gonna have a guest mm-hmm. from now on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because a hundred, a hundred and what was it? What we did I a hundred and ten? A little over an hour fifty. Yeah, mm-hmm. plus our guest. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think on the big NXT weekends, which there's only five NXT weekends a year, yeah, you could probably give yourself that allowance of yeah. just it's it's, it's an NXT. It's I call it an NXT weekend, but a big four, big five weekend where it's like we're, we have two full cards to talk about. Sure. It was like over 10 hours or so of wrestling. Yeah, like, so yeah. put it all into what, yeah. 20 minutes? That's yeah, insane. Like, and and yeah. people tune in to hear you talk about that because they value your opinion so yeah. much. Yeah. And, then, and then I kind of feel like I'm not doing my job if I don't consume every second of wrestling <laughs> WWE puts out on the network. Yeah, not, good luck with that. Not possible. So I don't. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry. So Spe- um, Speaking of all that. Yeah. If you guys are listening to us on iTunes, you can head on over to YouTube.com slash XPOC and hit subscribe because that's where we live now. Thank you, this Steve. Yes. 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 And uh, and I appreciate you guys' hard work on that. I Absolutely. see you guys have pretty much every interview. Every interview uh, is up on YouTube.com slash Since day one. Since wow. day one. Since the very first interview. Good stuff. Yeah, so, so you can go back, and some people have, and they're watching from the beginning, and you can see the progression of from when uh. I started, when I really sucked, <laughs> and I told Scott, I, I introduced him as my, the, my brother from another mother or some <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like, like who does... Like, and I couldn't believe I said that. I was like, I can't believe I just said that. And I think it was already take three. And so I was just like, uh, I'm not. We should do it like a top ten most embarrassing moments on the podcast. Yeah. Put oh, that, that one in there. Like there we go. Afraid. YouTube idea right there. Yeah, I'm not afraid. So, <laughs> you know. But, um, Jesus, now I went off. No, we're fine. Of course. Build up the YouTube, baby. Go yeah. subscribe. It's go free. subscribe. Yeah. We, we have a lot of ideas for other cool stuff to do. It's gonna be YouTube.com slash XPOC. It's his channel. Yeah. Yep. yep. And uh, and we're gonna add other like different little, you know. Oh, uh, we've got ideas kicking around. Yeah, pretty, ideas are kicking around. Stuff pretty cool, is gonna, content. cool content. And then I'm just gonna drop in and you know and broadcast live on it every now and then just mm. for the hell of it. And, and there's a lot of things that we can do with that. Mm-hmm. So all right, yeah, go subscribe YouTube.com slash XPOC. Boom. Boom. All right. Want to move into news now? Let's do it. All right, perfect. So has Neville officially been released by the WWE? This is the rumor that's going around right now. People are reporting that he is indeed gone, but then at the same time, they're also reporting that he was spotted last week in Pittsburgh. So I don't know. There's a huge chance that he probably is gone, but then there's a chance he might come back. What do you guys think is the future or what the future holds for Neville? I... I just think that he would probably be like okay for as far as the the industry uh, as mm. a whole, it's better if he's not there. It's better yeah. if 
if he does a a um, surprise, I'm here at all in or something mm. like that, you know, um, because they don't as great as he is, and he's like is right up there in the conversation with the best in the world right now. Yes. The only reason we haven't been talking about lately is because he hasn't had any matches lately. Almost a full year. Right. Uh, and he's the. The fans that are behind the all in and all the whole indie movement and and you know and all that like he's a much like they covet him they they you know uh-huh. they put him up on a pedestal and 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 they they look at him in the light he deserves to be looked at in and uh, um you, you know like so there's a reason and I'm not 100% sure what it is but I'm going to assume that it had something to do with creative satisfaction or the lack thereof as to why he you know however you want to put it walked out uh quit you know quit mm-hmm. work and quit appearing how I don't however you want to whatever you want to call that mm-hmm. his leave of absence so I you know um uh you know people can say yeah but the money Creative satisfaction. I've said this once. I'll say it over and over again. Creative satisfaction is highly underrated. Uh, it, when you don't have it, the money the money doesn't spend nearly as well. Trust me. Well, especially I'm, when you work as many dates as you do in the WWE. What what good is money if you're working 300 dates and you're not happy? That it's to a, that it's to a point where he was like, I'd rather just break it's, my break your my wife can spend it you while you're on the road. Your wife can buy <laughs> five living. Ro- I had I, I had five living room sets. Who had, no one has five living rooms. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, I'm all, honestly I'm almost thinking that we might see him in New Japan. Maybe do some Ring of Honor New Japan only for the sole purpose that New Japan is obviously expanding into the United States. So why not have a guy like Neville be you know one of the guys representing that and helping move forward the expansion? Yeah. So I almost think we might be seeing that. Obviously, seeing him in New Japan Ring of Honor. If I do see him staying in WWE, if by some sort of whatever decides him to stay. I'm going to assume it might be even for NXT UK, since that's also the other thing that, you know, they're mm-hmm. trying to get that off the ground. So, of course, maybe a guy like Neville. I don't know. But I do see him going more of the New Japan route solely yeah. for that expansion. I know, Jimbo, you would have thought as well. I think he'll go back to Dragon Gate before he goes to New Japan, just because that's where he start. He started. They gave him his big push. The support and, like, the... They don't have the, the money, legacy. Jimbo. Well, like, that was what I was going to say. New Japan has the money to throw out to be like, no, we want you here. Mm-hmm. And I think he'd be the kind of guy that would be, is this okay to Sima? And Sima would be like, yes. Well, but. I almost second that, too, Jimbo, because I feel like Dragon Gate really needs it right now. They need a guy like Neville to kind of help them get back up there and get back there, you know, in to the ranks the and whatnot. Ranks of Japan so it's almost that, like, am I going to go back and be loyal or, or move on to other things? Mm-hmm. Who but knows? But don't forget to Sean's point. Who has money? Sinclair Broadcasting <laughs> yeah. and New Japan. I mean, they're getting an MSG. That's not cheap yeah. to get an MSG, so they can clearly pay Neville whatever he wouldn't be interested in getting. Paid. And he'll be featured at the very top of wherever he goes. Trust me. Yeah. yeah. And uh, um, I just, he looks amazing. Oh, my God. You know, he, he has a great, he's not, not the tallest guy in the world, but so what? You know, um, there's plenty of other tall guys out there. <laughs> and he can go toe-toe with any of them. No. I hope he's been home working on his mic skills because that was the one thing he was lacking was promo well, ability. I mean, mm. don't forget, though, when he went the heel route. Oh, definitely. Just for not, I mean, like yeah. I said, he was my favorite superstar of last year. I thought when, he was fantastic. Because he had so much more to say. Yeah. Yes. Okay, that's the thing. It's having something to say, having something real to say. Yep. When you don't, it's really hard to go out there and make people believe. Now, um, 
he has plenty, plenty to say. Plenty. It's just it's a different type of talking, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any issue with him being able to spit out a uh, a compelling um, string of words. Do we know? think if if it's not so far gone, do we think the WWE can make a move to actually keep him? Maybe. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think yeah. they're going to because, you know, uh, there are only certain people there that really truly understand the full value of, of, mm. of him. Triple H being one of them, in my opinion. Mm. That's why he was mm-hmm. the NXT champion. But, you know, Hunter doesn't run the whole show. so. But as you know, he could always leave and there's always a chance to come back. You know, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. So, all right, what else? Well, Goldberg, apparently, we've, okay, so we've spoken about this on the show where mm-hmm. we've talked about Hall of Fame times, Hall of Fame time slots going way too long, etc. Goldberg officially spoke out. He was the class of 2018 and spoke out and said that he doesn't think that the show should be that long, that it should be four hours, that it's not doing justice to the fans and to the, to the people being inducted into the ceremony. I can't understand why Bill would say something like that. <laughs> Yeah, his quote was, I don't care what other people say or how they did it. I'm telling you, my experience as the headliner in the 2018 Hall of Fame, it needs to be changed. Basically, yeah, four hours, and then you have to go up last. Yeah, the, the truth is, is I couldn't agree with Bill Moore. You said it and exactly. It's, and mm. it's not, yeah, and it's it's something I said that night. Yeah. You know, uh, because, all right, like Bill deserved the respect of being able to go out there. And, I mean, because, and, and people... You know, he was the big headliner there, and uh, and I was looking forward to his speech. And the fact that the building was, you know, half empty and and the oxygen was sucked out, mm. you know, hillbilly, uh, <laughs> you know, it hurt. Yeah, it hurt that. It hurt like him being able to give the speech. It hurt like the people like being able to enjoy it, and and you know, it's just. You you can't leave it up to the talent to go out there and not bogart everything mm. they can when you tell them, hey, this might be the last time you'll ever be on TV. Because mm. yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. That's what Vince does mm. every single time. Yeah, go out there, take all the time you need because this might be the last time. You know, like, well, damn, Ooh. Vince. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know? like everyone was blaming Hillbilly Jim, but yeah, if you tell Hillbilly no, Jim. No, but yeah, it's like, still Hillbilly. Yeah, he went, he yeah. went a long time. I, yeah, no, well, bullshit. It's, it's like your plan made perfect sense. You booked the Hall of Fame just like a wrestling card. That's you right. have this amount of time, this amount of time, and, and stick to your time. And guess what? If you go over your time, the mic cuts off. Mm. And the trap door opens up and you fall <laughs> into some kind of thing. Uh, I was going to say Vince comes out with an oversized cane and yanks you off like a <laughs> So, or the yeah. Dudleys put you through a table. Either one. Well, it was interesting because for the last Hall of Fame, I was there for an hour and a half because afterwards I went to the to the Impact tapings. But so I was there for a while, and I can tell you that I only saw one and a half Me inductions. I, we were yeah, there yeah. together, and and for an hour and a half that I was there, I should have seen a lot more, been yeah. able to see a lot more. Yes. So Bill is a thousand percent right, yeah. and uh, and uh, hopefully. You know, I just have a really funny feeling that it's going to be the same thing again next year. <laughs> um, how do we feel about the Fox deal in the event that they move SmackDown from Tuesday to Friday? Because that would fit Fox's schedule better. Yeah. That for WrestleMania weekend, if they're already, instead of having Hall of Fame on Friday night, 
they could have Hall of Fame as segments on SmackDown and SmackDown is live Friday night from the city you're in. Do you think that would undervalue the Hall of Fame? They, the pendulum would swing the other way? That's what they did with the Slammies, and it's not the same anymore. Agreed. Yeah. But I don't think you could sell out a building with the Slammies anymore. Oh, back in the day, the <laughs> Slammies were so awesome with, like, Owen running and messing with people. I used to try and stay up late to watch that on USA every week, and I'd always fall asleep. Well, you're a big boy now, <laughs> Jimbo. Honestly, I just think that two hours is a good time length for the Hall of Fame or something like yes. that. And just have everyone do. I think it should build up. I mean, from a start, like, let's say this person gets 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 20, 20, main person, I don't know, 30 minutes. Or just something that it kind of builds up because I feel like it would be a respectful thing. Because, like you guys said, Goldberg should not – when Goldberg comes out to do his speech – People should not feel like, oh, we're still here, you know, sort of thing. You should be like, yeah, you know, yeah. Goldberg, like this was his career. This was a yeah. celebration. I'm a fan. And that's how we should feel. So I just I think that definitely should probably yes. work on the schedule of that. And that was the first time they see Goldberg in years. Mm. There we go. So. No, it wasn't. Well, well, like he had just come back and then oh, that was okay. like his big thing. Like, yeah. oh, he's back and now he's going in the Hall of Fame. Prior yeah. to that, no one had seen him involved in wrestling for years. And I know he was he had no interest in talking about wrestling for quite some time. He was doing his car show, right? Doing a lot of car bull, stuff. Bull run or something yeah. on A&E or right. something. Hey, so uh, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be back in a few short seconds with PCO. Welcome back to X-Pac 12360, everyone. Joining us over the phone right now, I think it's, well, it's somewhere in Quebec, the province of Quebec, Canada. Uh, I'm ex- I'm really excited that uh, have him joined us ever since I uh, found out uh, he made one hell of a comeback in pro wrestling. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome PCO, yeah. Pierre Carr-Houlet. Yeah. Oh, what an intro. Thank you so much. Thanks oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on your show, uh, Sean, and thanks to all your... Uh, uh, everybody that works with you that are there in studio, too. You're, it seems like you're a great bunch of people there that, that i'm very blessed I mean, I'm, I'm impressed i'm impressed by the size of the <laughs> of the team <laughs> thanks man I, I i'm really blessed to have a great team here and uh and great resources to uh, be able to bring this show to everyone but hey carl uh i'm i'm really really uh really happy for you man that that you're uh that you're coming back uh, around and and getting some of this this new uh, this new wrestling boom that's going on, man. Because you deserve it. Uh, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's, it's it's I would say it's overwhelming. I mean, uh, because of the indie scene, yeah. Uh, just to get all the puzzles together, you know, like you, you get booked like on a Friday, like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and to get all the promoters to talk to each other just to split the cost of the uh, the airfare tickets yeah. and all that and uh, it's it's crazy it's been it's been so crazy but i'm blessed and then uh i'm so grateful i'm so happy about it and uh I've, I've been working all my life for for a break like this i mean it's a different break than a wwe but in my case it's my biggest break uh ever in my life it feels good huh yeah and people are excited to see you man you have a good a really good you've you've built a really good buzz around yourself with the new um and we'll talk about like you know like the early stuff in a little bit but just talking about like Mm. the persona that you're doing now the pco like uh 
is think, man. Frankenstein. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's because I was. I'm going to tell you. So I was. I was talking to Steve Austin, and he was. He was mentioning that he he'd seen some of your stuff, and you know he was digging it too. So it's like, you know, uh, it's 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 pretty cool, man. I I, uh, you know that when you when you do a, like a character or persona like that a gimmick however you want to put it like if you don't go all in on that like you're doing like it ain't gonna work yeah you got to invest yourself totally yeah and fully yeah man and that's what i do that's what i'm doing i'm full fully passionate about it and fully creative about it and i I mean, I put all my 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 mind, my soul, yeah. all my everything, all my resources into that that gimmick, that character, that persona. Uh, I give it everything I've got, and and I'm surrounded too with great creative people. A guy like Mike Roy, who, who is like Destro, who's my manager, right. who's like uh, a great mind too, like a great guy that comes from the movie side you know, played in a few movies did the arnold uh, schwarzenegger classic four times with some demos for uh -huh. strengths and as it is used to the show business too and uh uh we kind of you know built that character together you know like it, it just as as life was going on uh one step step by step we made it to what yeah. it is today like un unconsciously basically you know just with the passion and the crea creativity can you talk about the difference between say like uh when we're in uh wwe and uh we have we have to uh you know uh do something like that but it's not our baby it's not our creation you know, we might co we might uh, have input on it, but it's not completely ours. Like this is yours now. So, can you talk about like the difference between uh, having create total control over the you know the the creative aspect of your character? Yeah, yeah, that that's 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 pretty cool. I mean, uh, of course, you know, everybody's gonna say yeah. Social media is there's so many platforms. Yeah. Uh, looks like it's going to be easy but if you don't have the right niche or if you don't have the right character the right persona it's not going to pop up anyway so you need to hit it on the nail yeah and i don't i don't uh, i don't take any uh credit for it because uh i just went with all the years that i spent into the business uh, and all the times you know that I wanted to hit like a big break like that, yeah. and 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 just keep on focusing on it and never like really quitting about my dream, you know. Yeah. And it's like like the puzzle, the pieces of the puzzle, they they kind of. I'm responsible, but I'm not. Just to give you a short example, uh, just before I start this big comeback this year. Someone from Indiana wanted me to wrestle for him, uh, and he gave me two dates. It's like January 13th or April 21st, and I figured like January 13th, like I wasn't ready uh, as far as I, I thought, like for myself yep. to 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 be seen in the states right away. 
but I knew where I wanted to be around WrestleMania. So I chosen that date and it was a snowstorm in Montreal. Uh-huh. I stayed six hours in the aircraft. I almost didn't make it to the show. I got there 15 minutes before the show and uh, before my match. And I had a great match with Ethan Page, all ego Ethan Page. And George Anello was there in the dressing room, saw the match and wanted to book me for a spring break. George Anello spring break. Oh, Joey Janela, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. the match with Walter was what triggered everything else after that. Everything kind of triggered around that match. Oh, wow. That's what so I wanted to ask like you crazy, about, actually. Crazy blessing here and there. With the match against Walter, the chops, and I was looking at that photo afterwards, your chest was completely purple. What was it like taking those chops from Walter, and how did that go for you? Um... I mean, it was fun. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, I, I really didn't, I didn't really didn't bother me. I mean, it yeah, was it's not gonna bother part you. of the, <laughs> the drama, part of the match, part of the, uh, to me, you know, I, I felt like I had like a, a cool, a pretty cool, like not cool in the way that's cool, like a cold reception. Yeah. And, uh, as the match went on and we went into the exchanges of chops and, I started to hit like all my big moves uh, towards the end, towards the the end of the match, and 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 it was like an eruption of people just all standing up together, and I felt like yeah. I was in the movie Rocky Four. Nice. It was so crazy, it was insane, and then from then on, like it's been crazy and even more crazy than it was back then. It's 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 been completely building up on top of things on, on top of each other things you know it's it's, it's just been like uh, a crazy uh, story so far hey so so Carl um, oh shit go ahead no, <laughs> no, sorry. I know you have, sorry I had a brain fart just now people you have your debuting match coming up at Battle of Los Angeles for PWG your first PWG debut yeah. as well as your Battle of Los Angeles debut you're wrestling Brody King what are your thoughts oh, on wow, that no yeah. shit yeah, it's pretty cool because uh, I fought him uh, at, uh, just uh, two days ago in Toronto for Smash TV uh, on Fight Network. Uh, it was a three-way. It was me, Jeff Cobb, and Brody King. Oh, nice. Wow. So it, it, it's nice. And also, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fight him against uh, September 4th for MLW in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And uh, which is cool there. It's like Bruce Pitcher is running, you know, the guerrilla position, which is kind of real tight and very professional so i really like the feeling there that i got at the mlw so and i'm, I'm having Brody king again so it, and having him like a, a day like sunday night yeah. last past sunday this past sunday it's like it gave me a, at least you know uh, a little like uh i know where we're going with this match in the first right. match of, of bola i got an idea uh how the guy moves, how the guy hits, how the guy, uh, what he likes, what he doesn't like, and things like that. I, I got to feel him, you know, at least. So uh, I think we're on the verge, you know, to uh, to have all the elements to to really blow the roof off yeah. on the 14th of September at Bola. Yeah. It, oh, that's right. Very yeah. talented. Yeah, man. Hey, I just that's right. I read last night. I, who was it? Was it Excalibur or, or who was it that Probably. tweeted out? Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's going to be great. You're going to be in BOLA, uh, Battle of Los Angeles, for for those that few that don't know what we're talking about here like i was i was impressed that's what i that's where when i when i just had this brain fart a little bit ago and jimbo had to make the save for me what i was going to say is 
uh, like you can have this. You, we can have a history. People know who we are, and you can have a great gimmick. The the, the gimmick you're doing now, uh, but but in the indie scene now, like if you're not bringing it in the ring and performing at a high level, they ain't buying it. So you've got to be going out there every night, Carl, and just crushing it for the people to keep buying it and I, keep bringing to, you in. I got to. I got to. Uh, the way I approach the business now, every time I enter a dressing room, I feel like a rookie. I feel like a guy that just broken in this year or broken in like three years ago. And I have to prove myself to the boys as much as I had to in the past because the evolution of the business, the business has changed so much. I mean, um, maybe back in the days, you know, like uh, a big move could be just like the end of a match or it could be uh, a, a long time before something else would move after. But now you can like hit like three, four big move and it's just a setup move for another move. So the business has changed. Yeah. And yes, we can tell the guys that are there that are running their shows right now, the younger guys, we can tell them, well, maybe uh, less is more, but they're they're the one who are there. So I That's feel right. like I'm the one who has who have to adapt to them, not them to adapt to me. So I'm not trying to call a match like you know, uh, or, or 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 trying to do things uh, the way that I would do them like back in the days. I'm right. trying to do them the way it's done today so that's why i gotta crush it every night and i gotta surpass myself and i gotta go beyond my limits and i gotta really have like uh i can't do what i used to do before you know first of all like i mean i, I cannot go out i cannot like party or, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta sleep early you know I, yeah you know it's like at one point in your career, when you're 25, 30 years old, you're you're, you're chasing as as much. <laughs> it's going to be a funny expression, but yeah. it, it just goes down those lines sometimes. It seems at one point you're chasing uh, a championship or a dream or something or a break, but you're also chasing some girls and yep. you're partying a lot. So you're doing like two things at once. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. right now I'm older, but I'm like much more wisdom uh, from all my mistakes that I made in the past. I mean, uh, as much as political mistakes, as much as just being the guy that was out sometimes and I shouldn't have been out, you know, yeah. I never, mm-hmm. never really uh, had like big issues with, with drugs or alcohol, but uh, I was wondering I about that. Of, I had my share of parties and, yeah. and, you know, getting up late and being rushed for a show and, you know, you know, all kinds of stuff. So uh, it's it's like you know now I know uh, I gotta be you know a, a straight edge and right right on top of my game at all points you know every aspect of it every single aspect of it inside of the ring outside of the ring mentally prepared and everything. Well, PCO, to follow up your point about always being ready to do what's necessary for one specific show, you did just that at the Blackcraft pay-per-view this past Friday. You and Chris Dickinson had a massive finish off the top rope that led to a double countout. The entire arena chanting PCO. Is that something that you've been encountering at every show now? Because the crowd was fully behind you. Are the PCO chants everywhere you go at this point? Yeah, that's PG, uh, yeah, everywhere. Like uh, from mm-hmm. from California to um, anywhere, like Toronto, they use 
you know, it used to be a big rivalry, Toronto, Montreal, you know, like people really don't talk to each other. Like, but they've changed over the years a lot. But like, uh, I had a huge, huge, like respond, you know, uh, Big chance, PCO. He's not human. He's not human. That's <laughs> the, that's the chant right now. Now PCO is not human, and they're chanting that like pretty much all over the North America, Canada, and everywhere in the states. New York is a strong, strong market for me, and uh, Chicago. I mean, I mean, everywhere. Uh, been to Portland, Oregon. Uh, uh, everywhere, like that, I've been. I'm working like that three to four times a week, every weekend. Nice. And, uh, it's yeah. always pretty huge. Hey, so, so, hey, so, so, any plans or have you any thoughts in your mind about like promoting a big show in Montreal in the future, in the near future? Um, yeah, there's something coming up, uh, maybe with the IWS on the. Uh, it's going to be their 20th anniversary in uh, March 23rd. Yeah. So they're talking about maybe doing me. They're trying to get Jer- Chris Jericho to work with me. Uh, I don't know if it's going to go through. I don't know where Chris is at right now. I mean, as far as... I could see that happening. He wants to do. I could see that happening. But, but I mean, they're going to have to... Uh, probably, you know, they want to make it so big because their 20th anniversary. So I think I did the, uh, the fifth anniversary. I think it was me and Sid. The 10th anniversary yeah. was me and Kevin Nash. And then, right. and then for the 20th anniversary, they, they'd like to do that. But, uh, uh, Montreal, I mean, it's, it's a place where I always live, but, uh, everything's happening like pretty much in the States. Yeah. Ex- exposures, uh, Everything you know, like Twitter is super strong in the states. It's not as strong at all in Canada. So uh, I feel there's a lot of good talent that are left out uh, in Canada because they don't have enough exposure. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky enough, you know, that I have a good lawyer and I can have a work permit and uh, a company sponsorizing me and things like that. But uh, it's not everybody that has that chance and that. It can work, you know, uh, as much as they want in the states. So uh, that's that's another good point, you know, uh, that that I've got in my favor. Uh, sure. And uh, and my and my uh, my manager, he's he's American. He's from Maine. He was born in Maine, so he's got a green card. So all that helps, and um, it's. Uh, that's why I guess, you know, it's the, like I said, it's the greatest year for me ever in the business because it's, I have full uh, control on the creative uh, as far as, you know, doing vignettes and things like that and videos. And also um, the promoters that I deal with, you know, so far they all been really, really uh, good with the uh, with the persona, with, yeah. uh, with what what it brings to them as well, so um, it's, it's just a different kind of uh, way of dealing things, but it, it works out very good, very well. So I'm pretty uh, pretty blessed. Hey, hey, Carl. Hey, I just um, I didn't realize that you started way back in '87, even before I did, and well, yeah. And, and and you were trained by Gino Brito. Gino Brito. Is that true? Yeah, I was. Yeah, Gino. Uh, I was. Uh, I was uh, there with Gino with Edward Carpentier. Oh wow! A bunch of guys. 
and uh, other guys that trained. Even Pat Patterson got trained by my my trainee. Uh, my trainer was uh, Pat Girard. Oh, okay. And uh, Pat Girard trained all those guys. And when Pat got was old when I when I broke in, so uh, I'd go with Gino sometime, uh, Brito. I'd go, you know, with Edward, and I'd do seminars here and there, and then. Uh, that's that's how I decided to just take my bags because I I, was, I couldn't speak English. Yeah. I was trying to get booked by Stuart over the phone, and he, and he couldn't understand what I was trying to say. <laughs> so I, figured, I was just gonna take my bags and just fly to Calgary and try right. to get booked there. So, <laughs> so, so that's how I started in the business. <laughs> I, I just went re- to Stu a Friday night and I asked him if I could work. <laughs> right. I and so did you spend some time in Calgary? Yeah, I spent like three time, three three months, three months there. You know, uh, trying to get booked, and yeah. uh, some of the boys were were good to me. You know, like uh, I, I could train with some of the boys, and uh, a lot of the guys were there. Like Owen was there, and I didn't know them at all back then. Yeah. Owen, uh, the Bulldogs, uh, um, also Chris Benoit was like one of the guys that I look up to because we're about the same age. Because I was about. 18 and yeah. he was right there and um i was really looking up to those guys and i was trying to make my place make make some you know make my way there and it didn't work out for me like they said i wasn't ready enough so they sent sure. me back home uh, after three or four months and then uh, finally i started with uh emil dupree in the maritimes oh uh, you went to the maritimes uh, okay yeah that makes sense how was that well, it was good. I mean, I went from uh, being a kid that uh, was not good enough to get booked in Calgary. And when I sent some pictures to Emil and he said he wanted to put me right, I didn't know, but he put me right on top in the tag team division, yeah. uh, challenging the, the belts every night. The booker was Bulldog Bob Brown. Okay, yep. And his tag team partner for the, for the titles, they had the titles during the summer, was Masa Chono, Masahiro Chono. Oh, wow. So Chono was pretty cool. He was laughing all the time, but... Bob Brown's the booker, and like I said, you know my my English is pretty bad, or worse. <laughs> and uh, and I, I and I screw up a few spots. I mean, sometimes Bob, what he's calling a baseball side or something, I come up the ropes and bear rocked him, and he's oh yeah, what are you bear rock? Put a bear rock on me, and he threw me out of the ring. So I know I, I, uh, as soon as they made some cut, I was the first one to. Let go uh, yeah. <laughs> when they cut from two crew to one crew uh, at the end of the summer. I got let go one of one of the first guy because it was just too much of a jump from yeah. not being able to make it on the preliminary in Calgary or on the roster and working on top every night. So I made a lot of mistakes, but I learned so much sure. so, you know, through those mistakes. That made me learn. So when I finally got a break in England for Brian Dixon All Star Wrestling. Uh, working Robbie Brookside and Doug Dean every night. Doug Dean made me. was there. Mm-hmm. William Regal was there. Uh, David Taylor. Uh, all the top guys from England, yeah. they were all there when I when I got there. And that's when uh, it's, things start to really uh, go my way, like go well, you know, go sure. better. And, and then from there, I went to Puerto Rico and then met Jacques in Puerto Rico. And then we started as the Quebecers and... Um, all I know is, all I know is, by the time you came in uh, to work for Vince, 
and and I was working with you. Your your game was on point, man. In the ring, like you never screwed anything up. I like. I just remember those matches being pretty technically like about as perfect as a tag match could get sometimes. Well, we had good matches, I thought. Yeah. I thought like when you you hit that run with with Marty Janetti yeah. a little bit, and then you you and Razor for a couple of matches, and uh, and then uh, I, I I think we you know Jacques being Jacques, I mean just a different like. Not a really bump. It's not a guy that takes a lot of bumps. But yeah, but that was your job. Art, artistic side, you yeah. know, the facials, the selling, the all the all the other tools that he's got, you know. So yeah. I think it made a good combo. I mean, me being basically a big bumper, a guy who take a lot of risk and do a lot of high flying for for my size. You're the power. And you were the power. So, uh, hey, hey, Carl. You know, you were the power yep. guy and the guy that took all the bumps. <laughs> what's, what's up with that? <laughs> no, but you, the mouth of the north. Yeah. It was great, though. Hey, I mean, you know, he was at a stage in his career where, like, that was that was his role, and the younger guy takes all the bumps. I like that's that's a good trade off because he brought a lot. You know, like. He brought a ton to the to the table, like and and uh, and the matches were really, uh, like I said, technically stuff. And I like the moves that you would do were incredible, and they never hurt. Like you know, like yeah. when you would do that tower move, is that what you called it? Yeah, the tower. And, yeah, and stand on top of each other from the top rope. Yeah, onto me. Yeah, we had a bunch. You did it under me every night, and it, and it, and I was yeah. fine, you know. Like and and it, I mean, you're you're a big dude, Carl. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we also, you know, how it was. But like, if, if, if sometimes with like some guys at TV, sometimes we yeah. go a little bit harder. But we knew that we worked every night against each other, or you know, we were on the road like for thirty days, thirty four days, yeah. or twenty days. So of course, you know. Uh, you, you, you don't, uh, you know, you, you wanted to look super good, and yeah. you don't want to kill nobody. So, huh. I, I think that that's a good, uh, and I think people respect that within the business. Yeah. You know, the boys respect that when they feel safe with you. Uh, they look, it looks like they're, they're you're gonna kill them, but when they they, they feel that you're not gonna hurt them, uh, they respect that, and um, that's one thing that has changed a lot in 2018. Not that the care. The, the, pe the, the boys don't care for each other. It's like, for me now, it's like a, uh, the main event of WrestleMania every night. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. I'm working on top or I'm a semi-main or main event, but I know the guy in front of me is trying to impress someone because he, he wants to make it, and I'm feeling like I want to impress everybody in the dressing room and everybody in the audience because I want to... Uh, show them that I have the reason to be there you know that I I don't want to be there on the uh on my reputation so to speak you know it's not be gonna because and trust me you're not I'm going there. to be you're not going to be these days it doesn't like if you weren't killing it in the ring every night mm -hmm. if you weren't doing what you're doing mm -hmm. I it's I mean the name doesn't the name doesn't uh isn't enough anymore it's just it's not enough not for not for the wrestling not for the promotions you're going and working for there are some indie promotions where it's just like spot shows but you know with some big names on it and you know 
and they're not yeah, as family oriented. Yeah, yeah. Kids, you know, they, yeah, yeah. The former WWF guy, WCW. Yeah, exactly. I, I can see the difference, and 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 the one that the that I get hired to do like uh, PWG and uh, GCW and MLW. Uh, it's about performing. Exactly. So it's really about it's about the moment right now. It's about performing right now. So. Wow. Uh, and I, I'm, I feel uh, lucky enough that I can do like, you know, the crazy super bomb, you know, uh, without hurting uh, myself. And that's why it went with the not human thing, because a lot of people are wondering if I do get hurt when I take, let's say, the, the, let's say we'll do the, the tower that we use it in the yeah. middle of the ring. Let's say I do that on the apron and I bounce off the apron and back on the cement floor and and the boys are looking at each other and they're asking me if I'm hurt. But you know, like you know, Sean, I've been always like taking like huge bump on the cement floor from the top. I was just thinking of one mat, in particular. The mat outside. Yeah. And and I always liked doing that. So yeah. It was like part of something that I like about the business. I like doing yeah. dives and doing like flips and things like that. So I really enjoy myself doing that. And there's there's no bullshit there. Sometimes, yeah, I feel like it's risky a little bit, but I like uh, the challenge that it yeah. brings to me. Hey, so Carl, I was just thinking of one I, one one big bump you took that sticks out in my mind. I want to say you were working on on the pay per view with Brett, as, and you were Jean Pierre Lafitte. And didn't you go for like yeah. a big topic on Hero, and he moved out of the way, and you just ate it on the floor? Yeah, it looked like my cage, my rib cage, yeah, so man, bounced everywhere. Yeah, I was yeah. watching it with Pat. Pat Patterson and I were watching that gorilla position. He was like telling me it was going to happen. I was like, oh no. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've done that on accident, and man, that rocks every ounce of inside your body, man. Ugh. So yeah, yeah that's to this day I still remember that. I was I, I was thinking about it earlier. I like that gimmick, John Pierre Lafitte. Yeah, a lot of people are bringing up that match. You know, the '95 match with Brett at In Your House Three. A lot of people are bringing this up. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure it's been uh, it pretty often uh, in the last few months since since I've been hitting that ride. That buzz. Uh, sometimes I, I read comments on Twitter where people say, "Oh, I've got a few hours uh, in front of me. I'm going to go rewatch that 1995 match, PCO and yeah. Brett." So, hey, can you so talk? Pretty... Can you talk about uh, like how it was working with Brett compared to like most of the other guys on the roster? Um, for me, Brett is. Uh, yeah, he was good to me. I mean, uh, he put me on his DVD, you know, the uh, the Brett Dungeon DVD. Yeah. His best 10 match, I think, in his career or something. And that, I really, I really took that, like, uh, as a good, you know, uh, tap in the back or I don't know. I, you know I, it really made me, like, uh, proud that Brett had chosen one of uh, our match to put on his DVD. And um, I remember, like, um, Brett was really hard for me. Like, if he'd give me his phone number because he knew we had a pay per view, he wanted to have a good match. Yeah. So he'd say, call me before, like, you know, a couple of weeks before. We'll start to throw ideas. And then 
if I was not uh, feuding with him or I didn't have anything to do with him, then I'd call sometimes and he was always like uh, either swimming or on his treadmill or, you know, in the yeah. gym. He was training a lot. And uh, <laughs> that's what I figured. <laughs> He's always training. <laughs> no, but uh, for, 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 for matches, for pay-per-views and everything, he was so professional. I mean, you would really, literally, like take everything like so professionally, and and uh, we we could like spend a lot of time discussing the the story of the match, yep. the way that should go, and everything. And uh, for me, that was one of my best experience in the WWEs is having a big feud with Brett, like that lasted like three to four months, or maybe a little bit more. So that that's a great. Great moment, and for me, Brett was. And I, I know for some other guys, Brett was maybe was like uh, tough to deal with, or for others. But for me, uh, it's all positive, and it's it's kind of ironic because I had so much problem to get accepted by Calgary Stampede and the Hart Brothers. <laughs> yeah, that the guy that I got along the best with was Brett. Yeah. So it, it was weird, but it was cool. Yeah. And I, I, the reason why I asked you that, Carl, is because I found Brett to be the guy that put more into his job than anyone else I ever met as far as taking it seriously, like just thinking things through the most and just putting, just putting more of himself into it than, than, mo than just about anyone else. And that, to me, is why... That's what I, that, that, that's my thought. That's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking too. And I didn't know if you were in the same, uh, if you thought the same thing that Absolutely. I, I was going to say, if you had the same thoughts uh, about Brett, but that's all I saw. I mean, like he, yes. he took it very seriously and he really wanted to have like great matches all the time. And he would like, it would like sometimes, you know, it was like when he, uh, he was working on top most of the time that he was there. He was always asked for uh, interviews, go to green room, go That's there, right. go there. And then he would also say, oh, hang on, hang on, Carl, you know, I'll be right back. We'll, we'll take care of this. You know, the match is more important than anything else. I just got to do this, but, you know, I'll be back. And so he was really, uh, like you said, you know, he's probably one of the guys that was putting, you know, uh, more, uh, into it than more than anybody yeah, else. Absolutely. At the time. So as Johnny yeah. mentioned, obviously you're getting over with the crowd. But what I want to know with your recent reinvention, what about your peers that knew you knew you earlier on in your early career? What sort of comments and feedback are you getting from them? From 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 what? From people that knew Sorry, you just, earlier on in your in your wrestling career. Now that they're seeing your your reinvention and everything that you're doing now, what sort of comments and feedback are they giving you? You're talking mostly about the the guys, the boys, the wrestlers. Or exactly. The, 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 the yeah, the crowd. one the ones that have known you from back in the day when you were Pierre and 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 all that stuff from the Quebecers. You know, and it's good. I mean, as far as the wrestlers, I mean, it's been so good. I mean, everybody like I got a text not too long ago from Tommy Dreamer, just saying, "Hey, man, congratulations on your resurgence." You know, I got I got texts like that from guys. From back in the day, sometimes that that's that's awesome, and sometimes I do, uh, you know, uh, uh, see other guys during other shows, and 
it's been all good. Um, and the fans was it's, it's so funny about the fans. Like you would thought that my my fans right now in 2018 would be maybe the older person or things like that. But like the kids are my like my base fans are really mostly kids like uh, uh, 12, 13, 14, 15. They're really big on the character, and then after that you have like. All, all ages, like the 20 years old, the 30 years old, the 40 years old, the 50 years old. So it's kind of weird to see the demographic on the on the character to see how, because sometimes, uh, let's say, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my, my PCO character, but with more WWE guys, uh, it's not like an indie crowd, like, it would be in New York or PWG yeah. or even Smash Wrestling where they, they've been following, you know, the underground scene more, you know, yeah. they're, they're more following what's going on on TV. Uh, but it's it's the kids that are starting that PCO chant <laughs> and then mm-hmm. the, the, and then other person get into it. And then you got the some 20 or 30 years old that, that are following a little bit the underground scene and then, it picks up and it goes all over the stadium sometimes. It so, can be really so funny. It's pretty amazing. It can be really funny because I'm going to compare you to Terry Funk right now because there can be a whole new set of fans that aren't even familiar with Pierre the Quebecer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they sure. they just know yeah. you as PCO, and that's a really cool thing too. And, and the reason why I compare you with Terry Funk is because there are a whole set of Terry Funk bands that only know him from like the Ric Flair WCW mm. stuff on forward. None of the old like when Terry was the world NWA yeah. world champion or any of that. Well, I'm I'm a kid from Philadelphia who grew up in the '90s that yeah. I know him as I the know him salt. like yeah I knew him as the yeah. the, the man in the moon saw the ECW like. So yeah, man. Like to me, that's a it's a whole new. Uh, it's a whole. You're not yeah, generation of fans. Yeah. yeah. See, here's the difference. But the difference between you and me is like when I go and do shows, I'm a nostalgia act. People, mm. you know, I come out to the old music. Da 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 da. No, you reinvented yourself. Like I'm still, I'm getting that nostalgia money, and you're reinventing yourself and getting that today money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm coming out with a new song. I don't come out on the old song. Right. The new outfit, the new everything. It's just about today. Yeah, it's it's like totally uh, the new yeah, and the PCO. Like nobody knew what it meant before. And I remember when uh, it was uh, Chris Jericho, like a week or two weeks ago. So that's PCO. That's Pierre Carl. That's not someone who took his letters. And yeah. that was like, <laughs> like, like that someone would still like rip off the PCO yeah. letters and. And then, and then he got. He was surprised that uh, actually, you know, I was uh, I was there on the circuit. And you know, uh, I, I've I've wrestled with, uh, some of the greatest names, you know, so far this year, like Matt Riddle. Yeah, I just got signed. Just yes. got signed yeah. by uh, Paul, I guess, by NXT. And uh, this guy, I mean, if 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 he does well, you know, I mean, in the ring. I mean, if if everything goes well for him, like on every, uh, you know, you know, all I did, sure, hard sometimes with WWE, but 
you know, every size because just inside the ring is so talented. I'm, I have I had a blast of my time like, working against him. Uh, we main evented the uh, Joey Janela lost in New York, yep. and that was his last match before NXT. That was on a Friday night, August 17th, and he was like uh, shown live on the 18th mm. the next day on NXT. And the guy is like so down to earth, uh, willing to do almost anything to have a good match. And even though he knew he was just signed up, you know, and uh, uh, I got a ton of respect for this guy and I wish him all the best uh, in his uh, career with WWE because uh, he deserves it. I mean, Absolutely. he's so talented. It was a blast working with him. Seriously, I had like a lot of fun. And I've been working with tons of talented guys and you know sean that when you work with talented guys uh it, it makes it makes their jobs easier yeah. too. I mean, you work hard you yes. work hard but you're two guys that working hard it's cool too you know so jeff cobb you know like uh chris dickinson um uh there's there's so many out there uh uh, Brian Cage, uh, you know, so so many guys that that I work, you know, on, on different occasions, different matches. Darby Allen, guys from Evolve, like Sammy Guevara, so so many guys that are talented that I have the chance to work with them uh, on the top level this year. So I'm so uh, very very, I think that's pretty cool. It's oh, pretty nice. cool because it, it it feels like I had the chance to work with Brad. Uh, with Sean, with you, you know, Sean Michaels, you know, other guys, Razor, you know, Scott, and then working with the top guys in, in 2018, it's, it's so different. The, the evolution of the business is so different from back then to today that sometimes I almost felt, Sean, that I was born in the wrong <laughs> yeah. as far as wrestling. I'm having more fun working this style than I had back in the days. I don't know why the, the, I don't know why I've got that feeling. It's, I just uh, feel this wrestling style is much more adapted to my style. I'm always so, happy. I'm always happy to hear someone our age uh, or older uh, that is embracing the the newer wrestling and not and just not not shitting all over it, saying how they're doing it wrong and how they're killing the business and uh, you know like uh, so it's it's nice to see like someone our age that not just me that thinks that things are going great out there for independent wrestling. Yeah, I think I, I really think they're they're really finding uh, the right spot now. They know that they probably went a little bit too far on different things, you know, and they kind of lack sometimes. Uh, they were lacking sometimes a little bit of uh, storylines yeah. during their matches, yeah. and they were opting more just for moves, but. The top guys, they're pretty aware of that, and they kind of mix up both. And, yeah. and whether we like it or not, uh, evolution of sports, whether it's hockey, the sticks aren't the same, the skates aren't the same, the yeah. shoulder pads are thicker and harder. Uh, football is the same thing. And this thing's not different than any other sports. You know, it has to evolve. And, of course, uh, if you talk to a hockey player in the, the year probably 80s, 90s, or 70s. They'll say hockey's not the same anymore, but it's the evolution. It's part of it. So we, yep. I think to be able to uh, 
to be happy in life and to be able to perform not just in the wrestling business, but just perform in life as a, as a human being, you have to adapt to change. Yes. And that's a big part of the deal. And I think a lot of people have uh, a problem with that issue in the business, in the yep. wrestling business. A lot of uh, older wrestlers have a big problem with the, the evolution of that business. Sure but does. I totally embrace it. And we talked about you developing a whole new generation of fans. Social media has had a huge part in that. You briefly mentioned earlier uh, D Destro. I know a lot of people, myself included, want to know, how did you guys cultivate that relationship? Are you guys long-term friends? And the creative process of your videos, are you pitching video ideas? Is he pitching ideas? I mean, because those videos are incredibly creative and really out there. Yeah, it's a, it's a bunch of things. Like sometimes... Uh, uh, like sometimes I'd see he's got a railroad, you know, a rail uh, road track in, in his gym. So, well, we should use that somehow in a video. And then sometimes he's going to pitch ideas that are going to blow out my mind. And sometimes it's the circle around us that, well, the next morning, you know, we show up at the gym or somewhere and, even Joey Janela pitches a lot of ideas to us. Like Joey, like the, one of the top guys on the indie scenes too. He's like a marquee name. You know, a lot of the shows, uh, his name is on the Joey Janela lost in New York. Joey Janela lost Green Break. So, <laughs> uh, and Joey's been all over the place. And and um, I think he's champion for Evolve too right now. And uh, he pitches a lot. Like he's, he's one of the guys that, I, I feel in the business that I really like him because uh, he's there, like he does everything he can to get over like with himself, with yeah. what he's got, and he's super talented. But he, you won't feel jealousy when you're with him. Like he'll try to help you out all the time. He'll give you an idea. He'll say, oh, man, come with me. I want to film you guys. I want you to do this and that. And I'll film and I'll bring a cameraman and so it's like everybody's pitching into that that character. Everybody's getting pretty excited about it, and uh, that's fun. So, so sometimes I get ideas from Joey and from some of the boys in the dressing rooms, and it's like a big brainstorm. And but I'd say eighty percent of everything comes from from me and Destro. Like we we have the final words, of course, on what we're doing. But since He's been doing a lot of feats of strength, you know, for so many years. Uh, bending nails, you know, uh, ripping Dexter cards, uh, ripping Dexter cards with his teeth, uh, uh, you know, tearing tennis ball, uh, tearing bottle of water with his bare hands, tons of things like that. So he he brings those elements into our videos, and he's like. He, he's like the the doctor, and I'm like the the guy that was because the way that happened, it, it, everybody was talking about the resurrection of PCO after the match with with Walter, hmm. and one day we were doing like crunches. I think I was a, a strap in the air and doing crunches. Which we were shooting a video where he was hitting me with a fry pan, and I I, I got you know tired of him hitting me with a fry pan, and I rolled the fry pan. That was one of the videos that we did for the Walter match. And when I got off of the straps, just the way I was walking, he told me, man, you walk just like Frankenstein. You just like, you're like him. The way you handle yourself, you look like him. You walk like him. So 
then after I, I'm doing the match with Walter in time, you know, it goes backwards and frontwards sometimes because then all the medias are saying the resurrection of PCO. And then we did dig out like a body out of symmetry that was me and was revived by the electricity with the car battery yep. with, with the jump, uh, the jumper cables. And then it kind of worked because the story was already there as far as the resurrection and we made it real in the vignette. So it worked a little bit like it works out like Quentin Tarantino a little <laughs> bit sometimes where the sequences are not in order, but when you listen to all of them, then you get the story. <laughs> hey, so um, real quick, we're getting towards the end of the show. Well, actually we're at the end of the show. And so, uh, does anyone have any last questions? I want to know what it was like to work with a young Kevin Steen and, and a young El Generico back in I. I, was, I think it was, it was Band fun. Slam, I mean, IWS? Was the, the three-way? Yes. The three-way yeah. match. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a, uh, it's how it's all started, too. Like, for me, I mean, working with those guys, uh, it seems like they knew where they were going at a young age, you know. And I, they, they needed direction, for sure, but they... They already had that in, in themselves, you know. They they were good at a young age, and you could tell that it was not just a hobby for them. It was a real passion. And I remember Kevin was practicing and practicing a lot of things and and wanted to get on the road uh, a lot. And actually, uh, that was a little bit of a heat there between him and Jacques because Jacques, Jacques uh, trained Kevin Oh. and wanted them to uh, sign a contract with him and to be exclusive to Jacques. And uh, and then and I was put on the spot because Kevin called me, should I sign a contract with Jacques or should go my own? <laughs> and, I said, and I told him, I told him, I said, man, I said, if you're going to make it, you know, if you're Jacques or without Jacques, that's not going to change anything. Just do what you have to do. If you... Your gut feeling inside says that you need to be on the road and you have to work as many nights as you can to get experience, to make contact, to get to know people, and to get your name out there. Go in and do it. And then uh, he called Jock and uh, he left. And uh, he went on the indie scene and he did well for him for ROH, for CZW, for Japan, and made a name for himself on the outside and, and uh, outside of Jacques' company. And I think that's the best move uh, that he ever uh, yep. he ever done. Yeah. PCO, is there anyone in the current wrestling landscape you'd like to work with that you haven't yet? Um, that I would like to work with, mm. or they they're asking to work with me. Either or. Is there anyone that's asking that you want to work with? Uh, I'm I'm trying to. To work as many uh, personally for myself, I'm trying to work as as as, as many uh, top con, top guys mm. that I I can work. I mean, like I didn't work. Like I'm going to Germany in uh, November, so it's going to be uh, Ilya uh, Druganov, uh, but he'll be at Bola too. I don't know if I'll have the chance to work with him, but I've seen him work, so that that would be someone I'd like I'd like to mm. work with, uh, Ilya Druganov. Then uh, there's a bunch of other guys there from Bola that I haven't had the chance to the chance to see them that I would like to uh, get the chance to work with them. And there's also guys that that I see sometimes go by on Twitter that 
the list, you know, like the kind of bucket list, the guys that mm. they would like to work. And I see my name appearing uh, quite often on different lists. And then, and they're good workers, so that's, it kind of uh, worked both ways. So I'm pretty open to anything except um, that's going to look kind of weird to say that, but the, the, the death matches, yes. I got tons of respect for guys that are doing it, you know, they're, they're good for doing that, but I don't want to be labeled as a dead match guy. So, uh, I don't mind going over the top on my vignettes for my character. You know, I'm not human. I got to show the people that I'm not human. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean, I don't, I don't mind, you know, uh, taking crazy bombs. I don't mind like taking a uh, brain buster of the top rope or anything on the apron or, you know, crazy stuff. And to really, and then the match, you know, I'm, I'm pretty willing to do a lot of things. Uh, I've been hitting like a moonsault on the outside a few times uh, when it's a big, you know, a big uh, crowd and a big uh, uh, window for me to shine. Uh, and I hit the moonsault pretty much all the time inside the ring. But when that matches for me, I don't think that's a good uh, avenue. You know, that's not yeah. a good uh, route for me. To, yeah. to get where I want to get. Hey, hey, is so there, that's one thing I would like to stay away from. Hey, before we before we get out of here, is there a, is there a website? Do you have your own website, merch, things like that that you want to plug? Any like any upcoming events that that you want to talk about? My basically my main thing, my main platform for me, it's uh, my Twitter. Uh, everybody, if they go on my Twitter account. Uh, at uh, PCO Quebecer, um, they they'll, uh, they'll they'll get uh, they'll have access to everything. And if they want to buy shirts uh, on iSpot Wrestling, they have a bunch of shirts there. And on uh, BlackCraftWrestling.com uh, to their website, they can order the shirts too. So those two iSpots and BlackCraftWrestling.com. Nice. Uh, are and the uh, wrestling tees also and uh, in Chicago uh, nice. for the t-shirt. So um, yeah, there's a bunch of companies doing 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 them and uh, for the t-shirts uh, throughout them. Uh, but you can have access to my Facebook, my Instagram, my um, email address uh, throughout my. Um, my Twitter account. And that's where they can find you if they want to book you too for appearances? Yeah, everything is okay. there. If you want to book me there, they, nice. they, they can DM me or just send me an email and then I'll respond to them. Hey, man, I'm so grateful that you came on the show today. And, and I knew it was going to be good, man, but I just had the best time talking to you today, uh, Carl. And, and I'm so happy for you, man. Uh, and, and and I look forward to seeing you in person uh, soon. I oh yeah at Starcast. Yeah, we're, we'll we'll see each other this weekend because I mean it's going to be great this weekend in Chicago for Starcast and all that. Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, unfortunately, I'll be there only Thursday and Friday afternoon. I'm okay. going to do the Busted Open show with Bubba Ray. Uh, Booba Ray. <laughs> right after that, I'm gonna leave for Shikara Pro because I'm part of the King of Trios. Oh, nice! So I can be there. Yeah. All right. So, but but I'll see you there. And uh, thanks for uh, it's a privilege for me, uh, for you guys, for you, Sean, to call me and having you 
having me on your show. Uh, I'm, I'm really uh, happy that you uh, you thought of giving me a call and then uh, give me that privilege to be on your show and uh, to be part uh, of this um, of show and with all your teammates there. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. I'm honored. Uh, I'm honored to have you on. Thanks man. for giving me the chance to. Uh, to tell my story a little bit, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll talk later. For sure, man. I'm honored to have you on the show, and uh, and have an awesome rest of your day, my friend. We'll see you in Chicago. PCO, everyone. Yeah. yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Amazing. So good. That was yeah. really fun, man. Fantastic. You know, <laughs> and and I'm sure there's people are might say, hey, you didn't bring this or that up. No need. Yeah. Mm. Okay. No need to bring certain things up. Uh, and uh, he's got the enthusiasm of someone yeah. half his age, which is so refreshing. Yeah. So and 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 like I said, most of pe- most of us. When I say us, I mean people his and my age. Like we're like I said, we're in in and it's a good thing too. The nostalgia train is a sweet ass train to be on. <laughs> all right, but uh, we, if you want to do it a different way, that's a hell of a way he's doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just that's a harder road to travel on than. Than taking the nostalgia train, and which him, I'm on. And for him to say he's having more fun now than he ever has in his 30 year career, yeah. that's got to surprise a lot of people, but yeah. it's really great to hear. Yeah. So, hey, anything you want to talk about? Well, I want to talk about if you like the show and you want to share your thoughts about it, use the hashtag XPOC12360 on all forms of social media. Go to our YouTube page that you're watching this on right now and hit subscribe, please. Uh, if you have any pictures or anything from the Pro Wrestling Tees event this weekend, post it and show us. Use the hashtag. Um, you're listening to this now. We'll be at the Bootleg Theater tonight doing X-Pac 12360 live. So come check it out. Tickets are on Ticketfly or on Facebook. $20 for general admission, 50 for the <laughs> VIP. Um, and then this weekend, Saturday, September 1st, Sean will be at StarCast. Uh, 100 and... hundred. <laughs> One, two, three, sixty degrees. 12, Thank you. Yeah. Twelve hundred. <laughs> what? Twelve thousand three hundred and sixty degrees. That's the, the NWO with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall on stage A from eleven to twelve thirty. Yeah. Go check that out. And then you're on your way to Japan in September. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, also the UK for the media wrestling media thing. That's like on this. I'll be there this sep- next next week, September eighth and ninth. I think it's in Manchester. Oh, well, I'm at, I'll, I'll have Pat Patterson. Mm. I'll be interviewing Pat Patterson there, and nice. it's going to be fun. Okay. So, hey, uh, Denise, everyone. Yeah, so follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo, YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. This weekend I will be at Expo Lucha conducting interviews, doing all of that stuff, so make sure to check it out. All right, at Jay Quasto, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood every single week. Also, the Blackcraft Wrestling pay-per-view Burning Bridges that PCO was on will be on On Demand very, very soon, so blackcraftwrestling.com. I'm Steve Kaufman on Twitter. You can find me at Steve Kaufman, which is K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. I do a lot of stuff. I tweet about it. All right. Yes, he does, everyone. <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you right here next week on X-Pac 12360, Westwood One, Jericho Network, After Buzz TV. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire X-Pac 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow XPOC on Twitter at TheRealXPOC and email us at XPOC12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs> <laughs>